Hi everyone, I'm your host Gillian McMichael and I'm so pleased that you've joined me for another episode of the Full Circle Podcast. This is our final episode in season one where we've explored the concept of trust and mistrust and the ways in which it manifests in our lives. It's been such an illuminating journey and I hope that you've found the conversations to be inspiring and informative. To wrap up the season, there is a final topic related to trust that I'd like to touch on and it's so relevant for so many women and that's the experience of becoming a first-time mum. Motherhood is a particularly challenging road to navigate at the best of times. But this journey has been even more trying for women who fell pregnant and gave birth during lockdown. The physical, emotional, hormonal changes coupled with the isolation of travel bans and the loss of a support system meant that many first-time mums were forced to trust their instincts when caring for their newborn. I'm joined by Jo Richards, a woman who has experienced exactly this. Jo became a first-time mum to her daughter Robin in February 2020, just days before the world went into crisis mode. At the same time she welcomed her new baby, she was forced to shift her business online, which is no easy feat as a self-employed solopreneur, working as a fitness trainer, teacher, choreographer and dancer. Jo opens up about her journey with trust as a first-time mum, her own struggles with anxiety, how she coped during the pandemic and offers advice to other mothers who are in the same boat. Relax, get comfortable and enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the Full Circle Finding Your Way Home podcast. The topic for our conversation today is trusting yourself as a new mum and with me as my guest is Jo Richards. So welcome to the conversation Jo. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to see you and speak to you. Yeah you too. I've been really looking forward to our conversation. So I wondered how's it been since you've became a new mum? It's been wonderful. I mean, becoming a mum is obviously such a blessing and uh, a wild ride so far (laughs) in so many ways than one. So Robin's my first, so I don't have any base of comparison. But I mean, to become a mother during a pandemic is is an interesting experience. So yeah, there's been a lot of learning and a lot of new things to kind of get to grips with. And I suppose um, having a baby at all times is, you know, it's a very new experience because they don't give you a rule book, do they? When you you have a baby, you kind Mm. of have to learn as you go along but because the circumstances because of the the pandemic it's been maybe slightly different so how have you kind of found just getting I suppose organized with your routine and how have you found just getting familiar with yourself as a mom through 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 a pandemic I mean as I say like I don't really have a base of comparison so you know I suppose this is kind of normal for me in terms of um finding my routine and kind of learn learning on the job as should we call it learning on the job mm-hmm. yeah um, describing it <laughs> <laughs> yeah the full-time job so I mean I think because when Robin arrived she arrived three weeks before lockdown actually kind of kicked in so it was almost kind of like literally one chapter kind of closed and another one opened in so many different guises so it's just been kind of rolling with the punches this is the best way I can kind of put it and just kind of taking it really slow I mean the good thing about I suppose having a baby during lockdown is that 
you have to just batten down the hatches and you know no one could come visit we couldn't go out so for for good or for bad we had to sit in get to know each other you know like eat sleep breathe each other um and yeah and that was quite nice I suppose just to have that kind of little confined environment where we didn't have to have any pressure on ourselves to do anything or go anywhere um in some ways it was actually quite nice so you only had to concentrate really on one thing rather than all these big things that are kind of coming at you and lots of people that want to kind of descend upon you and you know obviously kind of give you love and baby cuddles and all that all that jazz um so yeah so in one way it's actually really good <laughs> but I suppose it's meant like you said that you've had to rely on each other and, and, and as you've described there get to know each other so how has that been for you because I know that you've you was working full-time your husband's been working full-time so how, how did you pull together as a family unit well it's yeah I mean that's been quite a juggle because like I'm self-employed my husband um he's self-employed but has a cafe so he has to be there as much as he can be but he was also you know shut for quite a long time during the pandemic so in one way for him it was also a blessing because he got to have some paternity leave he was with us for the first sort of three four months which he would have missed out on um and then once he got back it was then you know me and this tiny little person who was suddenly just with 24 7 and yeah just I think just responding to cues, you know, like knowing when you're getting overwhelmed and when Stephen, my husband's getting overwhelmed or trying to get better at communicating, you know, I'm sure, you know, you know yourself that so much of it is just about communication and navigating expectations of yourself, of your partner with the day-to-day sort of like changes of a little one because they change so fast, you know, and day-to-day they don't know what's going on either. So I think just responding in the moment has been like the biggest thing that myself and my husband have been doing. And then mm. as much as we can plan ahead, you know, nothing, well, you know, when things started to open up, planning work around the routine that we'd set, you know, as much as that is set for a little while and then it changes again. So nothing mm. is ever locked down completely. And then, you know, you can just kind of run with that schedule. It's And then that's it set in stone. We have to keep evolving and keep kind of going with, with the changes what I was thinking about was when I became a mum for the first time and you know all those questions raised me you know am I doing it right am I changing the nappy right am I you know am I feeding him enough and all of those things and I I wondered for me it took time to build that trust and I wonder how that's been for you how have you gone about building trust within yourself as a mum yeah that's a great question I think I mean as much as you know that classic thing of like the internet is like your best friend and your worst enemy at the same time with kind of finding (laughs) out information on things. And, you know, from a kind of, not a medical perspective, but, you know, we didn't have any visits, you know, from our healthcare providers, you know, our, um, the midwife early, you know, we didn't get many visits, Mm -hmm. you know, and after that, you know, we didn't get much support because people, they couldn't come in and check on Robin and they couldn't come and check on me. So we didn't get every check through that we should have. So we were slightly flying blind but I think because I'm a little bit older, I'm going to be 40 this year. So, you know, I'm of the mind that, you know, she's happy, she's fed, she's watered, she seems to be sleeping okay. We're kind of hitting all the milestones we should. She generally seems to be in good health during a pandemic. I'm pretty sure that's the best we can hope for right now. Yeah. I think just not overthinking things too much, you know, not reading mm. too much. I also tried to do not do that in my pregnancy because I'm an over I'm a classic overthinker and I'm prone to a bit of anxiety and panic attacks. So if I'd over researched things and overthought things, I just have taken the kind of approach now of just being like, okay, like everyone's healthy, everyone's happy. Like we're just gonna go with the flow a little bit more rather than just trying to kind of like force everything too hard. 
And in terms of that, like you said, you've sometimes suffered from anxiety and panic attacks. Has there been any challenges around that since having Robin and becoming a mum? Do you know what? Funnily enough, like since I've become a mum, I've been a lot less anxious, which has really surprised me. I thought it would have gone the other way. Yeah. Forcing me to slow down, I think, has been a really big blessing that Robin has given me. So reminding me to be present and in the moment and enjoying the time I have with her and my husband and remembering that there are bigger things going on other than, oh, I have to get my mailing list out and I have to remember to do my social media and this and that and the other and all those extra yeah. add-ons, you know, that add to your day and add to your mental load. And I think that's really brought my anxiety down. So simplifying my life has really helped, I think. And I'm so much clearer headed now when I approach work, you know, when I am working at the moment. And I mean, she's 17 months now, so we're quite far down the line. But now I do feel like I'm much more clearer and much more focused because I've had that time to breathe. And it's interesting, isn't it, about that sense of being in the moment and slowing down? Because you're right, you know, before COVID, we most probably didn't have a lot of that time to do that. And I suppose... Although it's been very, you know, very traumatic for many, I suppose in other ways, it, it has kind of forced us to press the pause button in, in many ways as well. And so have you learned anything through slowing down and being more in the moment? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think I've always been quite good at being in the moment. Like I'm, I'm quite good at remembering to kind of like take stock of things while I'm doing them, but sometimes just for not long enough you know, just kind of like, I'm recognizing this, okay, let's move on, let's do the next thing, rather than kind of really just soaking it in and appreciating it and taking that bit of extra time with that moment rather than just let it be really fleeting. So Joe, you've described yourself as being an intuitive person. And I'm wondering, how's that shown up for you over this time? So I think my intuition has always played a big part in my life. And I think especially when you have so little kind of input from the rest of the world, especially, you know, with the pandemic happening, you almost have to rely on yourself a little bit more, which can be really tricky because sometimes you need that external feedback or you, you need someone to kind of bounce off of. So, you know, just being me and my husband and then obviously wangling a, a little one and becoming a new mum, trust is such a big thing to have because you don't have that external um, reference point almost. So... I think you've just had to be a little bit clearer about listening and really kind of getting to the root of like what it is I'm trying to kind of find my intuition on, you know, whether it's um, things that I need, things my husband needs, you know, things that Robin needs. So it's been better in terms of using my intuition because I've got less noise around me. It's making it a bit easier to kind of pinpoint exactly what I'm trying to find. And I suppose that sense of listening to yourself as well, and it, from what I'm hearing there, you, that ability, because there's, there's a kind of less background noise, <laughs> um, you know, that it, it kind of allows you to listen more to your needs and your wants. And you mentioned earlier on in the conversation around that you've been able to kind of communicate more and, and really kind of start to express those needs and those wants. And I wondered, how did you go about doing that through this period of time? Just take giving myself time and space to figure out, you know, firstly, what is important? And secondly, you know, what is a priority? You know, we get so caught up in the shoulds and I must be's and, um, you know, can't see the wood for the trees kind of thinking. It's really hard to then focus on the one thing that's in front of you that needs the most attention. And obviously, when you have a little a little baby, that that is the thing that takes priority. So I think learning to kind of prioritize and try and simplify and clear my head a little bit more about what the immediate needs are for myself, for Robin, you know, for my relation, my immediate relationship, 
you know, having a lot less background noise, it's been much easier to do that. So it's going to be a really interesting time now the world starts to open up a little bit more and, you know, life gets a bit more chaotic to see how that's going to change. Yeah, and I can imagine it, it will be different, won't it, in many respects. Um, you know, in, because alongside having Robin, you know, you've also got your own business. You work in the fitness industry and you've been doing that now for many, many years and got a very successful business on the back of it. And I'm kind of wondering, whilst this has all been going on, whilst you've, you've kind of introduced Robin into the world, you've also needed to, to make some changes and to reshape your business. So could you share a little bit more around that with us in terms of how you've managed both of those areas of responsibility in your life? Yeah, I mean, my whole industry has been completely flipped on its head, you know, where fitness is an in-person real-time kind of gig you know like we we thrive off energy of a class or a one-to-one um you know kind of meeting and training session and that's been completely you know the carpet's been completely pulled up from our feet you know and for our clients and our class members they've really been missing that and I've been missing that interaction and I initially I thought right six months after having Rob I was like yeah I'll be back to work it'll be absolutely fine you know, pre-pandemic before this all happened. And looking back, I'm like, anything before a year, I think Joe was a bit ambitious. I think I was being a bit ambitious <laughs> and thinking I was going to be back after about six months. Um, but obviously the pandemic hitting and everything literally just stopping in its tracks. And, you know, when you can't get into the gym, you can't get into a studio, I can't book space, I can't book in clients, I have no income at all, which then is a really mm. terrifying prospect. And then, being six months, you know, seven, eight months postpartum, I'm getting to grips with my new body, you know, losing my fitness, not recognizing, you know, my my shape, the aesthetic of my body, how it feels, it's all just very alien. But then seeing the fitness industry and all my, you know, contemporaries going, right, okay, well, let's be proactive, let's move online, let's Let's get things um, kind of moving along online because we can't be in the gym and we can't be um, in the studio and they're, you know, moving things really long, really fast. And I was getting really scared that I was going to be left behind. So mm. six months after um, I'd had Robin, very slowly I started to chip away at trying to add classes online and offering online support and reaching out to old clients because I wasn't sure if I'd have a business to come back to. I can hear that 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 would be a challenge because especially as well you taught there a little bit didn't you around your body changing shape and and you kind of not only dealing with becoming a mum you've got your business but then there's also this your identity I suppose as well tied up and and that's also been reshaped I, I would imagine I'm just thinking about my own body you know I mean my my son's nearly 18 and I still have baby fat around my midriff which is not an ideal kind of way for the fitness industry it just changes your whole shape and who you are and I don't know about you but it certainly made me think about you know who am I now after I've had this baby because I'm not the same person anymore and I wondered if you'd you'd kind of shared similar thoughts or feelings oh my gosh absolutely and I think because I mean I guess I work in the fitness industry but I'm also a dancer you know I've been training as a dancer you know I think my first class was when I was like four or five years old And I've never had a break away from dance. So I've always been, you know, in a leotard or in costumes and in front of a mirror and analyzing the shapes that my body makes or um, how it performs, you know, to create, you know, aesthetic pieces. So I think dancers especially can be quite hard on themselves about, you know, how their, their physical form looks. And luckily I've got quite good genetics You know, I stay quite lean, I stay quite athletic. 
but then, you know, post baby, you know, I've suddenly got boobs, which I've never been used to having. Like, you know, I've always been quite flat chested. So suddenly to have boobs to contend with is a new thing for me. You know, losing all my ab strength, losing all my core strength, you know, which was just second nature. You know, I didn't even need to really think about using it because it was always there and it was always quite strong. Learning how to kind of develop that and being patient with myself to kind of go slowly and not go 100 miles an hour back into all the things that I think I should be able to do. Um, so that has been a huge learning curve for me because um, because I've never really had a breakaway from exercise. Having six months, you know, where I couldn't do anything at all physically was really, really tough, you know, mentally and physically and spiritually as well. You know, I'm, I think my body's made to move. Like I'm mentally at my healthiest and physically obviously at my healthiest when I move Um so when I can't or I can't get out of the house to do those things or have the time away from the baby to look after myself in that way, that was a really tough time. And you've mentioned a couple of times that kind of concept of taking it slow and, and patience. And that's not always easy to manage, is it? It's really not. Like, you know, like most people, I you know, I'm my worst enemy. I expect too much of myself too soon sometimes. And one of those things I always say to my clients and, you know, I kept reminding myself, like, this is the thing you say to everybody all the time is that the body that you have, you know, postpartum, the body you have pre baby is never going to be there anymore. It's a completely different body. You've been through this massive journey for nine months. You've grown Mm. a person. You've essentially multiplied yourself. You know, you've been the only source of nourishment for this baby for, you know, six months. This body has done amazing things. You can't expect it to go back to doing, you know, all the crazy nonsense it was doing pre-baby. Cut yourself some slack and let's just see what this new body looks like. Let's see how it performs. Let's see what it needs. So it's been such a, a wonderful kind of enriching experience from that end. It's been tough, but it has been invaluable in terms of giving me insight into how women function after their own births. You know, I also, I'm quite an empathetic person and I can try and understand, you know, as best I can from their perspective. But I think unless you've been through that position yourself, you really have no concept of how hard it is or how draining it can be or, you know, the mental capacity or the emotional load that comes with motherhood. Mm. And it sounds like the shift of really kind of listening now then more to what your body needs, what you need, and also what Robin needs, of course, as well, but this sense of listening more to yourself in that way. So I'm kind of wondering what what now is the difference for you in relation to that, in terms of how you now do listen to yourself more? It's getting easier to say no, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> if I don't have, you know, the emotional capacity, the mental capacity, uh, the physical capacity, and it's not out of laziness, you know, or anything like that. You know, I'm, I'm generally of the grafter breed. But, you know, if it's something that doesn't interest me, doesn't use my skills well, isn't going to be appreciated, you know, isn't collaborative. I like to work collaboratively with clients or agencies or um, or companies, you know, rather than having a di- dictatorship on, on one end or the other. So if it doesn't feel a fulfilling um, experience or it's going to take me to a new place within my career if it's not paying well you know ultimately you know this is still my profession so it's not if it's not paying me what it should for the the work I'm doing then it's much easier for me to say thanks very much for the opportunity but I'm afraid I'm gonna have to skip sometimes it's just not meant to be when you do say no it's quite empowering but I think it's quite a difficult thing to do absolutely and I think as well that we need to give ourselves time to make those decisions 
you know, or, or, you know, verbalize and say to people, you know, thanks for that opportunity. Can you give me a week to think about it? Or, you know, give me some time just to kind of mull it over. So then, you know, we can, especially as self-employed people, you know, if you're passing up work, there's always that fear that, you know, you're going to have big gaps in, in your schedule or, you know, like work's going to dry up over a little while. So I think sometimes like it's, it's invaluable to take that time and go, okay, why am I considering this, this position or this, this particular project? Is it because it interests me? Does it pay well? Is it going to lead to something else? Is it a new potential income stream? And um, so I think taking time to think about why you're taking something on rather than having knee jerk, yes, because you need the income or yes, because you think you should. Just take, giving yourself that breathing space to think about what it is that's attracting you to that opportunity. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And I suppose with you being in the fitness industry in particular, it's renowned, isn't it, for antisocial hours and things happening at short notice and stuff. So how have you woven that balance then between being a full-time mom but also still running a business at the same time in relation to those hours? Yeah, well, actually, um, yeah, I mean, the fitness industry, obviously most people train before work, after work, you know, and this is in a pre-COVID world where, everyone works in an office from nine to five. That being said, there are so many people that have, that are, you know, who are self-employed that work flexible days or, you know, they work weekends, but then take Mm. a couple of days off in the week. So I think generally like the way people are working is shifting. So I think that's directly going to impact the fitness industry, especially in the post-COVID world, you know, where now online training is now more available and people don't want the hassle maybe now of, you know, traveling to the gym and then doing their training, traveling back again. It's so much more convenient just to log on and do do what they're going to do. And yeah, I think, you know, the fitness industry is, you don't see many, you know, full-time instructors or personal trainers that are female that are over 40, you uh-huh. know, so I'm 40 uh-huh. this year and, you know, it's not conducive to motherhood a lot of the time. It can be very flexible, you know, so we can, you know, take on a couple of classes here and there, but it's not enough to make a full-time wage because otherwise you'd have to be working, you know, every single night, teaching two, three classes back to back. Then you're working Mm -hmm. weekends. So you're working when everyone else's leisure time is happening. And obviously if you've got kids that are at school and you don't want to miss out on school holidays and trips and all those other kind of things. So I think for me, it's now about kind of prioritizing sort of second income streams, you know, so online on demand workouts where people can download them, they can do it anytime, I don't physically have to be there doing more one off things. So you know, dance workshops, or you know, short courses in a little bit of weight loss, if that's what people are doing, or you know, boot camps, hen parties are fantastic dance parties, you know, one off Mm. things like that. So things that are kind of, they're sort of high volume, but kind of low, low cost on the time. I think I'm going to start yeah, prioritizing, yeah. which, which makes sense when you're a mum. And it might not be sometimes the stuff that I enjoy the most, but it gives me the most freedom to be with my family and still make a decent living and, you know, to pay my mortgage and, you know, do all the things that we need to do. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think, you know, one of the things that I quickly realized and was that, you know, I didn't want to give up my career as well as being a mum I wanted to try and balance the two and it sounds like you've been really thinking and being quite creative in many ways to think about how you can balance both at most probably the, with the loves of your lives in many ways <laughs> so I mean I love my career you know I love my job and you know I always joke you know it's a nightmare for me to fill out a form because they say you know occupation and I'm like well it depends on what day it is because you know sometimes I'm a, a choreographer sometimes I'm a dance teacher sometimes I'm a personal trainer sometimes I'm a group fitness instructor 
And, you know, I think for a lot of people moving forwards, not only in my industry, but I think in, across multiple creative industries, especially, you know, we've had to turn our hands at so many different things to piece together a living rather than being mm. like, I'm just a personal trainer. This is the one thing that I do. And I think that mm. where I've struggled with that sense of identity in my profession, where I'm like, I struggle to kind of explain to people the one thing that I exactly do because I do so many different things. I think in a way it's actually saved me and has given me that longevity over 15 mm. years I've been self-employed now. So I think that's actually helped me as much as I feel like it's, I've sometimes struggled against it. Yeah, and that may be that portfolio approach as you're describing a lot more people moving towards that, aren't they? Just to have that better quality and balance in life. And it, it feels like that could definitely work, as you said, for yourself and for your family. So since becoming a mum, how has your approach to life changed? Big question, I know, but just kind of <laughs> wondered if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, that's a big question. I think I think for me, it's just been to kind of just simplifying, you know, as, as boring mm. as an answer that is, you know, just to simplify and again, do more of the things that I love and be with the people that I love more. I hear that and completely agree with that completely. Something that I feel quite passionate about too. And so within all of that then, since, you know, life has changed and, and obviously your definition of success sounds like it's changed as well. Do you have any kind of guiding principles now? I mean, you shared some there, but, you know, anything that kind of really stands out, if you used to say, okay, well, this is how I'm going to be now in the world as a mom, as a woman, as a business owner. Have you got any principles there that you could share with anybody who's listening who's in a similar situation? Yeah, I think just be open. You know, like I think one thing that seems to be a reoccurring theme when I ask you know my classes and you know my clients and stuff like what brings them back so every now and again you know because I don't get you know an appraisal you know I don't meet with my boss and you know kind of get appraised I kind of have to sort of self-appraise a little bit every now and again Mm. and I think it's just the authenticity that I bring and seems to be the main thing you know that I don't mind talking about the difficult things I'm generally quite a happy bubbly person by nature but I'm not like that all of the time and I'm quite open to say you know sometimes I can be super moody or I I cry for no reason or I can be anxious and stressed and I'm very open you know if anyone wants to talk about those kind of things and, and the bigger issues because I think that directly also impacts our health and you know our our productivity in the gym and the way we eat and how we choose to rest and spend our free time so yeah, I think being open and authentic is so important, you know, mm-hmm. as a professional, as a just a general human being, you know, having integrity about what you're doing, you know, like, mm-hmm. I'm very proud to say that in no point in my career do I feel like I've had to stamp over somebody or badmouth somebody, you know, I've hopefully mm-hmm. let my skills and my personality and my knowledge be the thing that either attracts people or is the thing mm. that people talk about, you know, rather than the negative things. And I'm a firm believer of the vibe you put out will come back. So I think they're my kind of main guiding, guiding principles. And it's interesting because I've spoken to quite a few people now on this podcast and actually some of the messages that are coming through are really quite similar. This sense of really just being your true self, your true authentic self and just showing up and and being open and receptive. And I think that's one of the things that I think has also helped me in my career and my life so far is that sense of, well, you know, kind of what you see, what you see is what you get. And it's always been that way with me. And sometimes it works and people love you and other times people, you know, you're just not their cup of tea. But as long as you don't have have to pretend to be somebody else I think is important isn't it yeah absolutely you know and 
Sometimes I think some people work so hard to impress the wrong people, you know, and just being yourself, being your authentic self. And I think by you being yourself allows other people to do the same with you and hopefully inspires them to do the same for somebody else. You know, it's not just about you being yourself for yourself. It's Mm. also giving somebody else permission to just be themselves too and showing them that it's okay to kind of just let their guard down a little bit or, you know, laugh at the silly things or have the sense of humour that they have or like the music that they like or dress a certain way. It might not be for you, but that's cool. Like, that's their thing, that's your yeah. thing. doesn't mean to say one of you's right, one of you's wrong. It's just you enjoy different things and you can appreciate them in your own kind of space. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You've shared a lot about becoming a mom. You've talked about your business there and everything else. And I'm just curious around over these last 18 months in particular, and as we're talking about the theme of trust, I'm kind of wondering what is the biggest lesson you've learned about trusting through this process? So trusting myself, I think more than anything, you know, your your intuition is never really wrong. I think, you know, Mm. sometimes you can you can listen to it and not quite hear what it's saying or you can kind of just misinterpret the next step. But ultimately, I think your gut and your intuition, you know, is always going to guide you in the in the right way. Whether that's with, you know, taking action on something or, you know, you yourself trusting another person. If something doesn't feel right with what they're telling you or the way they're behaving, again, usually your intuition is usually right. So, yeah, and trusting other people is a tricky one as well. As much as you trust yourself, trusting other people obviously re- requires us to be a bit vulnerable. And, you know, sometimes remembering that not everyone's intentions are always honourable, but sometimes not everyone's intentions are always bad. You know, sometimes mm. people are just miscommunicating what they're wanting from you or what they're about. Maybe they're not quite clear about what they're trying to do or say. So, again, just giving people a little bit of space just to kind of and give them the opportunity to put forward you know what they're what they're trying to do or say or what they're about does that also apply then in terms of you being trusting yourself as a mum does that same kind of those principles apply in that situation as well I think so but I think at the moment especially and this could be a a whole new baptism of fire again is that because I've not been surrounded by any other mums I don't Mm. see how everyone is (laughs) mumming you know like I'm like okay well I'm mumming this way But then, you know, I haven't had to go out and go, oh, well, they're feeding them organic carrots and they should be eating this at this time and sleeping for that long at this time and da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, I haven't had any base of reference for that. So I haven't had the opportunity to go, oh, God, I'm doing that wrong or she's watching too much, you know, Sesame Street or she's not eating enough this or she's not sleeping enough or she can count to 10, you know, but she can count to 20. Do you know what I mean? So... I was going to say maybe that's been a blessing in disguise though that can compare and contrast doesn't always work does it really (laughs) absolutely so I think that has been a bit of a blessing just to be like okay right she's fed she's watered she's slept she's happy you know she's healthy she's fine so in that way it's been really nice but it'll be really interesting to see you know once we get to nursery and you see other kids and other mums and Uh you know you have all those external influences again to see how how my feeling of trust of myself and being my being a mother um is going to change or if, if I'm kind of a bit more firmly rooted in being like phew I'm okay we're good like we're yeah. on the we're on the mm-hmm. path I'm sure it'll be the latter that you're okay you're on the right path I'm sure it will be so look we all have wobbles in life don't we and we all have our ups and downs as you've described as well in our conversation and I'm just wondering if you do have a wobble in the future what will you say to yourself to get back on track I think if I have a wobble, just remember it's temporary, especially Mm. I think, you know, if you are prone, you know, like I've spoken about before about having anxiety and panic attacks, 
like remembering sometimes it's just a wave that you're riding it's not always it's not always going to be there so to, you know even by it could be happening first thing in the morning and then even by the afternoon I could be feeling better so just remembering to ride the wave and just give myself a little bit of time it's not going to be a permanent thing if I'm feeling the same tomorrow maybe the next day and the next day then maybe it's a bigger issue that I need to to deal with or I need to speak mm-hmm. to my husband Stephen or I speak to a friend but, you know, a lot of the time if I'm having a wobble, it tends to be quite temporary or I'm fixating on something. That's when I know that my anxiety starts to flare up. That's really good advice in many ways, isn't it? And I really like it's a temporary. It's, it doesn't have to be something that you have to have a prolonged experience for and it will pass, I think, which is quite, quite nice. I like the idea of that, actually. And so finally, one final question before we wrap up our conversation. Um, You've given lots of advice already and shared lots of your insights. um, But I'm wondering, what advice would you give to listeners who perhaps, whether they're a new mum or maybe not a mum, but may have lost their connection with that sense of trusting self? What advice would you give our listeners? I think it's tricky, especially, you know, becoming a new mum or, you know, a mum especially or any parent, to be fair, you know, like finding time for yourself becomes so much, so much trickier, you know, so there's so much more noise, you know, in so many ways, you know, there's like toys crashing around and, you know, a little baby like clinging onto your leg or, you know, dogs barking and then the husband's set the kitchen on fire and life gets busy and it gets <laughs> noisy. So it's, it then becomes really difficult to find the quiet to listen to what you need. And even for people that aren't parents, you know, if you do have the luxury of having some time by yourself, then take yourself to a happy place, you know, whether that's a physical location, you know, go for a walk, put on some music, you know, and just tune in with yourself again, even if it's just a five, 10 minutes, just to see how are you doing? How are you feeling? What do I need right now? Am I happy? Am I good? For those people who are struggling with with time management, because life is busy, you know, and life is hectic, and we have so many different directions that we get pulled into, verbalize when you need help. That's the one thing that I've really learned over the past few years. And if you're surrounding yourself with the right people, whether it's family, whether it's friends, whether it's your chosen family, your partner, just say, I need some help. Can you sit and listen to me? Can we meet for coffee? Would you mind looking after the little one for a little while just so I can go be by myself? I can go reconnect with my partner, whatever it is you need. Like, just get used to saying, I need a little bit of help. Or if you struggle saying, I need help, because I know that can be a bit triggering for some people. They don't want to admit that it's a sign of weakness. And it's not weakness asking for help, but we all kind of don't like to show that we're, we're struggling. Just find a way around it. Use language that makes you feel comfortable. And just remember you're human. You know, we can't all have our energy going out, out, out all the time and expect ourselves to be fine. It's got to be a transfer in and out, hopefully in equal balance, not always, but try and redress the balance before you get a little bit too empty. Absolutely. I would agree with that as well. I think it's so easy just to think that you can cope on your own and and actually that sense of not being able to I don't know whether it's give yourself a bit of self-love or self-care, but certainly that topping up your tank, because as you said, we are very busy as a whole and just that opportunity just to give yourself some quiet space, some time for you. Joe. honestly, it's been great to talk to you and thank you for sharing your journey with us so far. Uh, congratulations on being a mummy um, and uh, good luck with your future business and how you're pivoting and and reshaping what you're offering to your clients it just sounds amazing thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure
thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review and subscribe to be notified each week of new episodes. Until next time, stay well, invite joy and curiosity into your life. See you soon.